0: Independence Day, or happy after Independence Day. I'm Kevin Bay, I'm your host for whatever this is, this is, uh, right now, I still hate the name, but I'm sticking with it for now, the That's All I Got podcast, I'm streaming live on YouTube, of course you can't see what I'm pointing at right now because it's on a different screen, Uh, so... I don't know, I'll stop that. And if you're listening on audio, you can't see anything, so that's the way that goes. I just finished a different podcast. And it was so hot in this office that I started I started sweating like crazy. And I looked at myself on screen. I, I, I couldn't really see it because I, I had my I was timpooling pooling it, which is what I like to call it. I'm doing this. Where I'm down oh what the heck. Okay, I'm down in the corner there. Whoops. There, that goes. Where's my. Okay, there. Jeez. I'm learning this new software as well. So, there, I'm Tim pooling it where I'm down in the corner and I've got the web page up there. So, I'm like little Mr. Floating. I don't have the cool camera angle he has, you know. I'm using uh, my Logitech. What model, stupid webcam is that? I don't remember it's not it's not a bad not a bad picture can uh considering i'm doing this on you know equipment that is virtually free I, my PCs are uh 10 year uh, well over 10 years old maybe they might be around 13 years old so when windows 11 uh comes out i may get a new pc uh to run that software because i know both of these machines that i use are using uh fourth generation intel core i7 processor so they're not supposed to be compatible with the new version of windows we'll see what happens unless i go linux so anyway I've, i've been timpooling it there and i didn't i didn't realize i knew it was hot and i'm like you know i feel like i'm sweating and it looks ridiculous so then i switch over to this angle or the the wide screen of myself the wide shot and i'm like oh jesus christ you can see that you're sweating it looks horrible You know, I felt like I looked like the, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the actor in the movie Airplane, the comedy where he's trying to land the plane and he's sweating and it's like pouring down his face. So I had to up the AC so it's um, pumping out in this office at least while I do this to keep myself cool. I don't know what, maybe it's just nervousness because I'm streaming live, even though nobody's watching it on YouTube, but I'm streaming it live on video while I'm recording. I don't know. Anyway. So this past week, there was a spa in Los Angeles. Uh, what was the name of this stupid spa? Oh, I had the name earlier, the We Spa. We Spa in Los Angeles. And we had this is a transgendered story where a transgendered, I still don't know. Which way you go with this? Transgendered man, transge- transgendered woman. Uh, I don't know which way it goes. So anyway, it was a man because he had a penis, and he went into the women's section of the wee spots. It looks like it's one of those Korean spas, and this lady was not happy. Um, she was pretty angry. Uh, so let's just roll that video here. We we spa. So you don't, so it's okay. I just want to be clear with you. It's okay. It's okay for a man to go into the women's section, show his penis around (laughs) the other women, young little girls under age. Your spa, we spa, condone that. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Like I asked. uh, It's so he he could stay there. He could stay there. What sexual orientation? I see a dick. It lets me know he's a man. It makes me laugh every time. He's a man. I see a dick. He is a man. He is not no female. He is not a female. He is not a female. This is where we are. Hold on. He is not a female, sweetie. Okay. Girls down there, other women who are highly offended for what they just saw. So this is where we are. We had to know that this was coming. You know, where you have men who have not, you know, to me, you haven't fully transitioned until your appendage is gone. So you have a man who's claiming to be a woman walking naked into the women's section. Of the spa. And I don't know. I mean, I have a daughter. If I if I had a daughter in that spa and she's a minor. I mean, reg- I guess regardless of age. I, I don't want a dude walking in there swinging his schlong around. Swinging his schlong. Uh, but, the, you know, the, the, the spa is powerless. I don't know if they wanted to, to change it or not. Or if, if they wanted to prevent it but they're powerless anyway because of the laws in California. Not all that long ago, if something like this would have happened, the man entering that section of the spa would have been arrested and probably would have been charged with some kind of um, sex crime and maybe even have to register as a sex offender, especially since there apparently were underage girls in there, uh, minors, female minors. I, you know, when I see this, I don't—I don't even know what to do with this anymore. And then, you know, this—this this, during this past week, after that happened, there's been protests outside the front of the spa, with, uh, I guess conservative religious people, you know, not wanting uh, physical males, transgendered women—I guess you would call it—but physical males, uh, human beings with a penis, walking into the women's section. And you had groups uh, from, uh, I guess, Antifa members, at least that's what was reported on Twitter all week, uh, physically harassing people who were protesting the spa. The whole, the whole the whole, fucking place, the whole fucking world is upside down. I, I really don't know even what to do with this shit anymore. I had stuff that I didn't uh, post, which I, I really wanted to start out with and I forgot all about. In Illinois, where I'm from, and I, I moved to Georgia last year. But in Illinois, where I'm from, the the and this is why I one of the reasons why I moved. The state is in such shitty condition and in such a financial mess that they're touting their credit rating upgrade to two. Le- I mean, they're two levels two notches above junk junk status and illinois is touting look at we've been upgraded we've improved but what's the reason that they improved they improved because the federal government sent them billions of dollars billions of dollars and that is the only reason why illinois has been able to upgrade its financial status and even with that upgrade, if you look at this in wirepoints, wirepoints.org written by Ted Dabrowski and John Klinger. There was there isn't a more Chicago name than Debrowski, but if you you look at this story here, and where's that number? The the, the Illinois pension problem here. Here it is. Only last year. Moody's raised its estimation of Illinois' pension debt at its five state-run funds to 313 billion, up from 260 billion the previous year. Now Illinois is saying that it's only 141. Don't take their word for it. I would I would take the independent firm. I would take their their estimation above the state of Illinois, because you know that the state of Illinois, they're going to be playing all kinds of freaking games. But there's no way out of this mess. Uh, Here, Illinois remains a national outlier. Illinois has the nation's largest pension debts, and that impacts several of the agency's key indicators as reported in Moody's March 2021 credit report. The nation's largest pension debts. These are all public employee unions. The SEIU, the Chicago Teachers Union. Um, Just, it's it's horrible. Hold on one second here. Okay, you saw that on video. I was yelling at my dog because he's licking his junk very loudly. And it's very distracting to me. So now, let's see. He's tiptoeing around. It would be nice if he wouldn't walk around while I'm doing this. But this is part of the reason why I moved. These jokers have nowhere to go but raising your property taxes. It's only going to get worse. Let's see, I'm going to... I wanted to do that one later. What is this? Oh. <laughs> this show brought to you by my new shirt design. If you're born in Chicago, you need this shirt. It's got, it's made in Chicago. I you know, I didn't even realize I I put this up. Ay ay I don't this just shows you. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So this shirt shows that it says made in chicago and then below this it says not me the shirt so that's my clever way so go go buy that shirt if you're if you're born in chicago go buy that shirt okay hi oh, i'm all over the road i i don't know i i'm trying to do the video do the podcast and do these transitions on my website oh my god And this, this is just me in an office. Okay, I shouldn't complain so much. So technology rapidly replacing restaurant staff. Competing against the federal government with hourly pay is a no-win situation. Private, private business can't compete against an entity that doesn't have to turn a profit and has the ability to print money at will. High-end restaurants might still need wait staff, but places like Cracker Barrel, Dave & Buster's, and any other uh, big chain restaurant will be better off embracing technology to handle the order and pay process. So this story was in the Wall Street Journal, and they said some chains are using technology for payments, including Cracker Barrel, Old Country Store, uh, others such as Dave & Buster's Entertainment, they allow for completely contactless ordering and paying. Cracker Barrel's Eat-In customers can pay for their meals through an app on their phones and tablets at all of the company's 660 plus Southern theme restaurants, uh, according to Sandra Cochran, cr- uh, Cracker Barrel's president and chief executive. The more we can move volume to things like that, it takes the pressure off the labor off the labor in stores, and I think, I think you're going to see more of this um, as the cost of labor rises. You know. When you get up to a $15 minimum wage, you're looking at like $30,000 a year just in salary. That's not including anything else. If you're going to include um, any kind of benefits, you know, like uh, like healthcare and things like that, it's going to push it way up over thirty grand. And then suddenly that person you have waiting tables and busing tables, you're going to have to make a choice. Can you pay for two different people $60,000 a year, one to wait tables and one to bus tables? Think about that for a second. If you if you're own a restaurant, if you've ever employed anybody, if you've ever had to make a payroll, you will know. If the cost of labor rises, you have two choices, and you, and you, and you, and you want to make a profit. You have two choices one reduce the cost of labor the cost of labor has gone up so you have to find a way to reduce that cost so either you're going to hire fewer people give them fewer hours um, you know or or you will eliminate um, positions altogether so um, you know that that's one choice eliminate the or reduce the cost of labor. If it rises, you have to find a way to reduce it. The other way is that you'll have to raise your prices. So if you cannot do without those people, if you need them to function to operate your business, the only way out of that to and to maintain a profit is to raise prices, and that's going to inflate everything. It's going to cause inflation. The only uh, places that don't have to do that is government because government doesn't have to turn a profit, and I'm not I'm not talking about nonprofit organizations. Nonprofit organizations are a different animal. They are actually for-profit organizations. Um, they would be in the same boat because they still have to um, cover, um, you know, the purpose of their nonprofit. Now I don't know if the new minimum wage laws apply to nonprofits or not but uh in any case it's it's going to be a complex web so i think what we're going to see are places like this you know the casual sit-down restaurants not fine dining because a good waiter or you know wait staff as everybody says these days i don't uh, a good person that is a waiter or waitress i'm just going to say because it's much easier for me to think about that than and to figure out what's the non-gender way of saying waitstaff for one particular person, um, a talented individual is necessary in a fine dining restaurant um, because they help customers decide what to eat, decide what wine to get, all that kind of stuff. But at a place like Cracker Barrel or Dave and Buster's or you pick, you know, Olive Garden, Red Lobster any of the national chains hold on a second jesus you know i I went hiking with my dog last thursday and i think he came in contact with something that's just driving his skin up a wall and it hasn't stopped i've given him a little bit of medication to try to to help with that but maybe it's worn off because i I gave that to him hours ago now hey so he keeps licking his junk and it's just so loud it's distracting. I can hear it come right through the microphone. But anyway, <laughs> back on track. Uh, yeah, so I think you're going to see kiosks or, you know, tablets or something at the table where you can order and pay. And that way, you know, the re- the restaurant itself, all they need is somebody to bring out the food and clear the tables. Uh, so you're going to see a massive reduction in employment in... Casual sit down restaurants. That's just my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, we had the o- Ohio judge that sentenced a man to probation and vaccine. From the Columbus Dispatch, a Franklin County judge recently began including vaccination against COVID 19 as a condition of defend- defendants' terms of probation. Commons please judge Richard Fry said last week he added the vaccine as a condition on three cases in the week of the roughly 20 sentences he imposed he said he discussed the matter in open court with the defendants and they attributed their unvaccinated status to procrastination none raised any ph- philosophical medical or religious objection it occurred to me that at least some folks some of these folks need to be encouraged not to procrastinate fry said in an interview i think it's a reasonable condition when we're telling people to get employed and be out in the community. My question is, you have, you have a judge sentencing somebody to get a, a vaccine. This isn't a flu vaccine. This is the coronavirus vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine. It is still, today, not an approved, an FDA-approved vaccine. It is still an experimental vaccine under emergency use authorization. Therefore it is voluntary. It says it in the regulation. It says it in the authorization that it is voluntary and that there is no approved vaccination for COVID-19. So the question is if anybody he sentences to getting a vaccine, if they have an adverse reaction or they die, you know, or become some somehow disabled because there's been cases of people uh Coming down with Bell's palsy, where like half their face, half half their uh, face just starts to droop, and some of them have recovered from it, but others have not fully recovered from it. So they have the that problem where it looks like half your face is melting off. Or how about some of the people who have had blood clots, some that have died from blood clots, or some of the younger people who have uh, inflammation of the heart. What happens when people have adverse reactions? Do they have recourse against the state and this judge personally? I I don't see how anybody can mandate a vaccine that is not approved yet. I don't see how it's legal. I don't see how anybody can put up with it. We had this story of uh, the Trump CFO and the Trump Organization uh, both indicted. Sorry for cracking my knuckles. My fingers are really stiff. So, uh, you know, I I read the story in the Wall Street Journal about it, and they report that the top charge for Mr. Uh, Weisselberg is grand larceny in the second degree. It's a felony that upon conviction carries a maximum sentence of 15 years in prison. He was charged with 15 counts. In addition to grand larceny, prosecutor, prosecutors charged him with scheme to defraud, conspiracy, four counts of criminal tax fraud, and other crimes. The Trump Organization itself was charged with 10 counts, including scheme to defraud and four counts of criminal tax fraud. Um, if, if, you, if you read about this, if, I don't know how the regular news portrayed it because I don't watch TV news. But in reading the reports, this is something businesses do all the time. So he received essentially the CFO. Uh, what's this guy's name? Weiselberg. I don't. I didn't have his first name anyway. Alan. Alan Weiselberg. He received, um, I guess, non-monetary, non-monetary compensation. Uh, you know, I, I guess a condo where he could live and cars and things like that. Now, technically, it's a crime, but these are low level crimes. It's not anything of real significance. What this is basically is that he's receiving income. so if if you if you get a company car and you're using it for personal use, you are supposed to file that you, you know, whatever the value is of that personal use, you're supposed to file that as part of your income. Same thing if you're living in a condo that the company has bought and you're not paying any rent or, you know, any expenses related to where you're living because the company's paying for it, you're supposed to list that as income. And companies do it. All the time, I would say it's it's pretty much standard practice in in business for companies to do that and people to receive certain perks and not claim it as income. So it's it's a low level crime, and and what they were charging him with was um, it, it was like a little over a million dollars or something, which maybe he had to um, claim his income. And you know, as I was reading through it, I thought they were gonna you know like okay, they indicted him, so there must be something there. If that's the extent of it, if that's the extent of of the crime, I don't think he's got much to worry about because normally what would happen is, is that the IRS would take a look at this and say, hey, you misstated your income. Now you owe us penalties and fees. Now, if it was like $200 million, okay, there's probably going to be some jail time, but a million bucks, you know, a million dollars isn't all that much money these days. You know, and if if you go back and think way back in 2008, when we had the Great Recession, and it was caused by the banking collapse and uh, those subprime mortgages that the banks packaged together and resold multiple times, not a single bank executive went to prison for any of that, and that basically caused the entire world to go into a tailspin. So what business does um, the Democrats in New York, what business do they have trying to put this man in jail? You know, other than, you know, I mean, obviously they want to flip him somehow to get him to testify against Trump for something. You know, nobody's saying anything, and Trump hasn't been brought up on charges. But if none of those bank executives did any jail time if all the banks did back then was pay fines and fees for you know the obvious crimes that they committed there then this guy should just you know okay you get your fine you get your fees you pay it off you know maybe he gets convicted of something and but do jail time for what and then, um, if you look at the other things that they were looking at for the Trump organization, at least the things that they talked about before regarding insurance fraud and bank fraud, what they are saying is that the Trump organization underappraised their assets. That you know, as a, in a financial statement that for insurance purposes they undervalued their assets and then when they went to get loans from banks they took those same assets and overvalued them and I'll tell you something in as a as a business practice this is also normal when you can get an appraiser you know to To say almost anything, within reason, but the, you know when you appraise the value of something, it has a range. So say you take a house, say the house I'm in right now. It's gonna have a range. It's you know, and you know, say, you know three. Say it's worth three hundred to four hundred or three hundred three hundred fifty thousand. You got a range, and that range is you know depends on what they believe other. That was my French bulldog. Um, What they believe other houses in the area are worth and your house, you know, and maybe the things that you've done. There's no set price. You can't say, come in and say, okay, this price is worth, uh, this house is worth $335,465.37. It doesn't work. There there will be a range because it always, you know, the value of an asset like real estate depends on what people are willing to pay it will never be fast and loose so you will get you know you, you'll get an appraiser and you'll at you'll you tell them well i want this appraised at the lower end of the scale and they'll go out and they'll look at different properties and they'll they'll give you a fair appraisal that might be at the lower end and you use that for insurance purposes so your premiums are lower now you do the exact opposite and you say hey i want i want my appraisals at the higher end of the range and You get appraisers that will go and do that, and then you take that to a bank and say, "Okay, I want a loan, but I want a higher, I want a more of a uh, a larger loan because look at my assets; they're bigger." That's just a common practice. I don't see how how any of that is criminal. You know, aside from now, you know, if you're going to go crazy. Sorry, that's my shoulder. If you're going to go crazy and say, okay, a house or a piece of property that's, appra- you know, should be appraised for maybe around hundred thousand dollars, but you're having it appraised for two million, that's a different story. So if, if those things are the case, if they're if the appraisal is not within a reasonable range, you know, then you know maybe there's some fraud there involved, misrepresentation. But if the appraisals are legitimate if they're within a range. I don't think there's anything anybody can do. So let's see how that all plays out. But right now, the information that that's floating around in the in the news, I don't think is really actionable by anything. Yeah, the White House rolling out the Delta Force, the coronavirus Delta Force, as is um, reported by CNBC. I don't know. I just wanted to put Chuck Norris on my website and the Delta Force logo. It's just ridiculous. Oh, here's a great story. I did not post a stupid story. (laughs) I'm a horrible blogger. Anyway, what I said here is that you can be a man and compete with women, but you can't smoke weed and compete with women. And in the Olympics, you had uh, this past week, Shikari Richardson, she's a sprinter, she tested positive for marijuana. And she, her, her win at the U.S. trials were, it was invalidated. And she, it may, she may lose her her bid to compete in Tokyo now. All because she was smoking some weed. I don't know if she was doing it in a state where it's legal. And I don't even know why that would be illegal anyway in the Olympics, other than back in the past, they were trying to track, you know, crack down on drugs, but it's not a I can't, you know, weed can't be a performance enhance, enhancing drug. Not for sprinters. If anything, it has to be um, has to be a disadvantage. <sighs> That's my dog again. Now he's behind me. Godfrey, stop. His name is Godfrey, by the way. If you want to go see his his pictures, go on Instagram and go. Uh, his handle is at Galudius Maximus. And that's where I I post in his voice, because obviously he can't type with his paws. Anyway, so Shikari Richardson, she tests positive, and she's potentially eliminated from the Olympics. Meanwhile, Laurel Hubbard, a biological male who began transitioning to a female, so began transitioning. I don't know if the person has completed the transition. It's just uh, hormone treatments and things, I guess, back then. But began transitioning at the age of 35, which means for 35 years, uh, Laurel Hubbard lived life as a man. I don't have his/her original name but for 35 years lived life as a man and competed in weightlifting. Transitioned at the age of 35 and is now allowed to compete in women's weightlifting in the Olympics. So how is it that somebody testing positive for marijuana, probably THC, that person can't compete, yet a biological man can compete? You know, if if you're old enough to to remember back in the day of the Soviet Union and East Germany when their women were regularly eliminated from competition because of um hormone treatments. They were too manly. And it wasn't fair to the women that they were competing against. So now we're we're in a the the whole world is just turned upside down. We got a man, we got you can't even say a man you have a person with a dick walking into a spa into the area where there are only women it's supposed to be the female section and now we have a man competing against women sorry we have a person with a penis <laughs> competing against women in the in the olympics and the us sprinter who's only smoking weed can't compete i, I who knows what to do with any of this stuff anymore We have a new virus scare. RSV. What the heck is RSV? Did I? Yeah, respiratory syncytial virus. I looked up the pronunciation, and I thank goodness I remembered, because when I look at that word, I don't see syncytial. But uh, the respiratory syncytial virus, otherwise known as RSV. It's finding a foothold in the U.S. This is, again, in the Wall Street Journal. Health authorities and pediatricians say they're recording an unreasonably high number of RSV cases, which are typically more common in the fall and winter. Infections of RSV and influenza were way down last season, officials said, uh, likely because of distancing, face mask wearing, and hygiene measures that, uh, in order to contain COVID. The things we were doing to protect ourselves from getting COVID are also excellent, excellent at preventing us from getting flu and RSV, said Chuli Uloa. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. A pediatric infectious disease specialist and assistant professor at uh, UC Irvine School of Medicine. As everything is relaxing, we're probably going to see an uptick in some of these common infections that we normally see outside of a pandemic. truly uh, said. I don't know if Julie is a man or a woman because I don't know what kind of name that is. So never mind that... RSV is not dangerous to anybody. It's much like COVID. It attacks people with compromised immune systems and the very old. Uh, The the only thing, I guess, that's not similar is that it's not attacking people with type 2 diabetes or who are obese. So according to Wikipedia... While RSV very rarely causes severe disease in healthy adults, it can cause significant morbidity and mortality in the elderly and those with underlying immune compromise or cardiopulmonary disease. Older adults have a special presentation to younger adults but tend to have greater symptom severity with increased risk of lower respiratory tract involvement. In particular, the elderly are more likely to experience pneumonia, respiratory distress, and death. Um, according to the CDC, that most people who get an RSV infection will have mild illness. Does that sound familiar? It sounds like a lot like COVID. And will recover in a week or two, just like COVID. Some people, however, are more likely to develop severe RSV infection and may need to be hospitalized. Examples of severe, infection, severe infections include bronchiolitis, which is an inflammation of the small airways in the lung, and pneumonia. So... I don't know what the purpose of this story is. I never heard of RSV. I think we're, you know, maybe maybe the news is going to start pumping out all these viruses that have existed out there forever and really haven't caused much of an uproar. But now because everybody's all freaked out by COVID-19, that it's, hey, put your fucking mask back on. You goddamn ignorant, inconsiderate rube. Put your goddamn mask on. Maybe you've been vaccinated against COVID, but what about RSV? You're going to get RSV. Or you're going to give it to somebody else. You're going to kill them. I can't can't take this shit anymore. Oh, President Biden came out with this tweet. Uh, Did I save the tweet? Yeah, here's the little tweet here. Uh, It's a GIF. Cost of pork and beans down 13%, ground beef down 8%, vanilla ice cream down $4.69, pork chops down $11.63, lemonade down, oh I'm sorry, down 1%, (laughs) I was reading the wrong part of it. Anyway, the cost of a cookout, July 4th, is down 16 cents from last year, 2021 to 2020 the cost of your 4th of July cookout. You've saved 16 cents. And that's that's their proof that inflation isn't happening and inflation isn't causing people to pay more money for basics like food. But it's all bullshit. And the reason it's bullshit is because if you look at their source, their source was the Farm Bureau. When you go there, they have another graphic. And it shows here that... Um, while your cookout is down less than 1% compared to a year ago, okay, a year ago, so 2021 versus 2020, the source information on their website shows that, this, that the price of that cookout is 8% higher than 2019. So it's not 2% higher. It's not higher. It's not even 4% higher. It's 8% higher than it was two years ago, which if you average that out, you're talking about a 4% inflation rate over the last two years in the price of your, your little cookout. So the Biden administration is purposely putting out fake news and lying through their teeth about inflation, but you won't see that Um, flagged on Twitter for fake and false information misleading the public. And if you think that a $15 minimum wage is bad for restaurants, um, it's going to be just as bad for uh, the people who are supplying our food to the grocery stores. So even if you're making your own stuff and you're going and you're buying ground beef and vegetables and things like that, if, if it's a 8% 8% in the last two years, and the minimum wage increase to $15 hasn't even kicked in across the country. It hasn't been passed yet. It's in um, some cities, some large cities, but it's not across the nation. Wait till that happens across the nation. Nurija Fipe, and I apologize if I am, have never pronounced her name correctly, but this uh, woman is... Um, was in the hospital. She was in, in Illinois, Elmhurst Hospital. And um, if you've been following this story at all, her family had to sue the hospital in court to get them to administer ivermectin. So she is now out of the hospital. Her daughter has tweeted, and she's returned back home. So her recovery is continuing, and now she has to go through some physical therapy to, I guess, regain um, you know, function, because she was in the hospital on a ventilator uh, for quite some time and the hospital refused. The the family asked and the hospital refused to administer ivermectin. They sued. They successfully won. The hospital still refused the judge's order um, and eventually the family was able to force the hospital to allow an outside doctor to come in to administer ivermectin. After that, she got off the ventilator um and she slowly steadily improved over the last couple of months and now as of uh i guess it's july 2nd uh oh, or as of june 28th that's what she reported that she's now home she's still on some oxygen but at least she's at home she's out of the hospital she's no longer in any intensive care and definitely not on a ventilator so now she just needs to focus on recovery to me that's big news but Did anybody follow up on it? You know, I originally saw this story in the Chicago Tribune, and they have done zero follow-up on this. Zero. That, by the way, that you see on the screen, that's my own personal box of ivermectin tablets. I'm not taking it right now, you know, but um, I'm going to be doing some traveling in July, August, September, so I'm going to keep it with me. And, you know, should I feel like I'm coming down with any type of a cold or flu or anything like that, I'm just going to start taking that as a preventive measure because um, if you follow the FLCCC and Dr. Pierre Corey and what they have shown with regard to ivermectin and its uh, efficacy, um, taking that combined with vitamin D and multivitamin, um, which contains some zinc and some vitamin C and stuff, that it is a good preventive measure um, to eliminate risks from COVID-19. And then this video here, Mr. Neil Oliver from... This is a new news network in the UK. Uh, He had a little four-minute video that made a whole lot of sense and is the only person saying that, and I guess it's because... um, The U.K. and former U.K. colonies are so locked down. Coco, stop. Now my French bulldog is doing it. Anyway, um, these guys are so locked down. And they're, you know, Canada, Australia, and, and the U.K., they've gone full on police state, and now they're pushing vaccines on children. And this man is calmly and coolly pointing out that it's wrong.
1: Now, Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer for England, has predicted that restrictions, including face masks, will be needed, he says, after the 19th of July. Numbers are getting bigger again, more positive tests and the like, there's talk Serious talk of vaccinating children against COVID-19, people under the age of 18. The EU are certainly keen. 19th of July is the latest in a long line of dates, dangled in front of us proles and called something like Freedom Day.
0: I said something there, I have no idea what it is. Proles? I don't know. I, I don't recognize that word. But he properly points that out, that suddenly... Getting a vaccine gives you your freedom. Which is not the way things are supposed to work in the Western world. Uh, you know, uh, you're supposed to be born with these rights. and I understand, you know, the UK, Canada, and Australia, they're different. They don't have the U.S. Constitution. But as far as I can remember, they were free countries.
1: As always, though, the large print giveth, while the small print taketh away Now, the subject of vaccinating children has already been addressed by others here on GB News, but I cannot let it lie without saying something too. Speaking for myself, from my heart, I say this is a fork in the road for our society. That's a fork. Not a fart in the road,
0: a fork. So, he's being serious, but I heard
1: fart, sorry. He judged. And we should be judged as human beings by what we do next. COVID-19 poses almost no threat at all to children. If they do catch it, the disease will manifest itself in almost every case in symptoms indistinguishable from those of the common cold. Never before in medical history has there been a proposal to vaccinate children against a disease that poses them no measurable harm. This has been something everybody has known
0: from the beginning. Virtually from the beginning, the things that we've known are that it affects mainly old people, 65 and above, especially 80 and above. It affects people with, uh, that are suffering from inflammatory diseases like type 2 diabetes and obesity, people that have already compromised immune systems for other reasons, Younger people, especially children, especially the ones that they're pushing the vaccines on now, they are virtually at no danger from COVID nineteen. They don't um, they don't get very sick when they do get sick. It's very mild. Some of them don't know you know they're they're the asymptomatic people. This has been known from the beginning.
1: Added to this is the undeniable fact these vaccines for COVID are experimental and that no data is available concerning long-term effects.
0: Now, why is that? Because the vaccines are new. There can be no long-term data because they haven't been used long-term. This is the first time that they've rolled out. The people who have received the vaccine are part of the trial. They are the experiment
1: we vaccinate children against child killers like measles we vaccinate adolescents against the HPV virus that causes cervical cancer we vaccinate children against flu which kills young and old alike in each case the vaccines had been in development and rigorous testing for many years before any syringe ever got near any human flesh we have no long-term data about the long-term effects of the vaccines of course we don't We haven't had the virus long term, far less the vaccines against it. An 80-year-old approaching the end of life and opting to take such a vaccine is one thing, since the perceived benefits in the short term might outweigh the risks over the long term. A 10-year-old at the start of life, a life in which decisions and actions taken in childhood might affect or compromise many decades of that life, is another thing entirely that we are even contemplating giving these vaccines to our children at this time, this time when so much remains unknown, strikes me as nothing less than grotesque.
0: I agree. I agree absolutely completely. I don't know how anybody can look at what we've gone through and can look at these vaccines and confidently give it to your children, particularly young children. You know, the ones that have been that have been having problems that are 16, 17 years old, okay, fine. You know, you can make those judgment calls. They're almost adults. But even then, um, you know, they're still not, they're not done with their development. You know, I, I would say under 21, you're probably, you know, you're not done with your full physical development. But particularly young children. Three years old, five years old, ten years old. What are you doing injecting them with stuff that hasn't been tested? That's just wrong and it's abusive in
1: in my opinion. The apparent justification is that children may spread the virus and that by vaccinating them such risk is curtailed, that risk being primarily towards adults. But what of the risk to the children in receipt of a vaccine, the long-term effects of which must remain unknown for years to come? Are the adults of this country truly supporting the notion of standing behind of a wall world. of safety built of our children and infants? That, to me, is an inversion of nature and should be contrary to what it means to be a parent, an adult, with an eye to the future. So what we're doing right now is we're protecting the old
0: at the expense of the young. And that, that's kind of what he's getting at right there. What world are we in where we're gonna take kids who are largely asymptomatic and can handle the virus with no problem and shoot them up with a vaccine because we're worried about an 85-year-old person, where the 85-year-old person can take their own precautions?
1: From around the world, there are already reports of adults being offered free burgers and fries or lottery tickets or jobs or easier sentences for crimes in return for taking the vaccine. Well, I missed that part when I listened to it before. Uh, Lower sentences for crimes? What sort of vaccines are these? What sort of disease is COVID-19 indeed, if people must be bribed to take their medicine? A few years ago, had we heard about a pharmaceutical company bribing people to take a brand new drug, I think I'm right in saying there would have been an outcry of note and legal actions aplenty. And so we are standing at a fork in the road I say a society that contemplates putting children in the front line of protecting adults, far less embarks upon such a strategy, is not a society worth saving. If we don't put children, the young of the species, first above all others, then frankly, what's the point in anything? These vaccines are a choice for adults. Take them or don't. That's the stuff of a private and personal choice in an erstwhile free society. But leave the children alone. Leave the children alone. Agreed. Leave the children
0: alone. This is, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy ass thing. I don't know. I, I really can't wait for, <laughs> I, I, we need a new crisis. We need a new crisis to replace COVID-19 because I'm really sick of it all. I don't know what it's going to be. Hopefully it's not crazier than this is because I can't stand the police state lockdown bullshit. You know, I'm in a better position because I moved down to Georgia, which is way more free. You know, the the, the news loves to pump up that, uh, you know, Georgia and other southern states are vaccinated less than the rest of the country. That's true. I am not vaccinated for COVID-19. I don't intend on getting vaccinated for COVID-19. I don't believe I'm in a high risk group. So why would I get a vaccination for something that most likely will not do much of anything to me? Especially an experimental one, which I don't know what, what that experimental vaccine will do to me. You know, I'm not an anti-vaccination person. I'm fully vaccinated for everything else under the sun. When my granddaughter was born, I had to get a, a whooping cough a booster shot vaccination in order to go see her in the hospital. So, you know, I've had a, a whooping cough vaccination before, so I'm not afraid of it at all. It's a proven vaccine. So I took it. I was able to go into the hospital. But COVID-19, no thank you. I'll wait. I'll wait for the vast experiment that's happening on, on the country and the rest of the world. And let's, let's see that, how that all shakes out. Right now, as I'm looking at the things that get reported, there are far too many side effects uh, for comfort. You know, where before, where a couple hundred deaths in a vaccine trial would have brought it to a screeching halt. We're looking at thousands right now that get reported and nothing's being stopped. We're looking at uh, inflamed hearts. We're looking at Bell's palsy. We're looking at blood clots. You know, sometimes killing people. So I'll, I'll wait it out. I'll wait it out. I'm not not a very social person. I don't go out and see a lot of people. You know, I go buy my groceries, my food, and things like that. Uh, But I see no reason uh, to inject myself with something where I'm not at high risk. Did I reach the end of... I've reached the end of my stories? Wow, what happened there? I don't know what happened to my website there. The pension debt. That one I still have to do. Okay, I think I reached the end of the line. Uh, What happened here? Wait, my wife hit me up with a story not that long ago now. Uh, Some vaccinated people are dying of COVID-19. Here's why scientists aren't surprised. This is in the Wall Street Journal of all places. Uh, they report, From London, As the Delta variant of the coronavirus surges through the UK, almost half the country's recent COVID-19 deaths are of people who have been vaccinated, so half of their recent deaths. But doctors and scientists aren't sounding the alarm about that. Why? Why? about the apparently high proportion of deaths among the vaccinated population. On the contrary, they say the figures so far offer reassurance that that vaccines offer substantial protection against the variant, particularly after two doses. What the fuck does that mean? The Delta variant, uh, first identified in India, it's called Delta because they don't want to call it the India variant, has since spread to at least 85 countries, including the U.S., The UK is a testing ground for how the vaccines are coping. Delta is racing through the country with 146,000 identified cases in the past week, 72% upon the week before. (sighs) Let's go back and read that again. I mean, listen to this. Half of the UK, half of the country's recent deaths are of people who have been vaccinated but doctors and scientists aren't sounding the alarm about the apparently high proportion of deaths among the vaccinated population. On the contrary, they say the figures so far offer reassurance that the vaccines offer substantial protection. I mean, how is anybody going to... How can anybody look at that, at that report? Have common sense... Oh, that was, I don't know if you could hear that one. That was my French bulldog farting. Anyway, how anybody can take a look at that with common sense and say that makes sense. Half the people that are vaccinated are dying of the variant or whatever, or COVID-19. And that proves the vaccine is effective. That makes no motherfucking sense at all it's just mind-boggling. That's why we need, we need a new crisis. Somebody come up with a new crisis. I know they've been trying to fish for Trump to put him out there with, uh, you know, indicting the Trump organization, indicting the CFO, but it's not enough. We need something. We need something else. I don't want like a world war or something like that. I just want something to replace COVID so we can move on because it is just nuts. None of it fucking makes sense. None of it has made sense from the beginning. Uh, anyway, I'm going to move on. Um, this is a Podcasting 2.0 compatible podcast, which means that if you're listening to the, this podcast on a Podcasting 2.0 compatible app, you'll have access to transcripts, chapters, chapter images that accompany each episode. That is a lie in fake news because I haven't done chapters in weeks, but I, I promise I'm going to get to it this week. Well, we'll see. Go to uh, newpodcastapps.com and check out some of the um, different apps. Uh, Let's see, I can show you here. You got Podcast Addict, which I use. I use Podfriend. I use Podverse. Um, I stopped using Sphinx Chat because I had a lot of problems there because I had cryptocurrency in there that I I couldn't get it out. But I finally was able to move it out. And uh, so now... Um, I use Breeze app from time to time. Most of the time, when I want to send um, digital money to podcasts that I listen to, I'll use Podfriend. But you can also use Breeze. So if you're listening to this, I'm one of those apps that uh, support value for value, the value for value model, where you can actually send streaming uh, satoshis, which are a fraction of a bitcoin. Um, you can listen to this podcast on there, and you can boost me. Boost me. Um, let's let me get off of that. No, I can do that here. Okay, so um, so check out check out these apps. There's so many new ones now. As um, Google, Spotify, and Apple, especially Apple, try to lock down podcasting and Amazon. You can include Amazon in that now, and uh, on this too, as they continue down the path of trying to close off podcasting within their walled gardens. We need this more now than ever before. You look at uh, Brett Weinstein, who has been totally demonetized from YouTube. Which, of course, this is on YouTube now, and I'm not trying to monetize anything. Um, it'd be great if if uh, you guys monetize me. Cause I know there's, uh, I've got some listeners out there. I'm not, you know, in the hundreds or thousands yet, but I've got a few. You know, if you send me a couple of bucks, buy a T-shirt. Hmm? I'm gonna come up with some non-Chicago T-shirts, uh, so hopefully those are a little more uh, appealing to non-Chicagoans or non-Chicago-born uh, people. And uh, my first two T-shirts, those are hyper-focused to, to the neighborhood I grew up in. So that's you know, I'm, it's it'll it's a T-shirt for for an audience of one. The other one, "Made in Chicago," yeah, that one, if you're from the city, you know, you might want that. I don't know. Uh, While I'm proud to be from Chicago, you know, from the older Chicago, where we had proper corruption, Uh, this newer Chicago, you know, I I don't know what it is. This newer Illinois, I don't know what it is. Uh, But I'm from the older Chicago, so I'm I'm not ashamed of it whatsoever. Uh, So anyway, this is a uh, podcasting 2.0 compatible app. Please support... Uh, these apps because these people are doing good work making very cool apps that have functionality you're not going to get out of the apple podcast app the amazon uh podcast app or amazon music google podcast or spotify um please support go to podcastindex.org and support them and the podcasting 2.0 project they are um at the forefront of keeping podcasting independent and free and non cancelable I also have another podcast called Chasing the Yield. You can go to chasingtheyield.com. That's where I talk about my uh, investments and my effort to not go back to a regular job and instead try to live my life through the income I gained from uh, dividend investing. I'm also doing a podcast called Podcast Idiot because I'm brand new to this. This is episode 11, um, and I'm podcast idiot. I think I'm going to do that one monthly, so I have to do one for this month. But basically what I do there is I talk about the the act of podcasting, the equipment I'm using, um, how I'm doing it, and um, how I'm just kind of fumbling through all of this. Um, But go check those out. You know, maybe buy a t-shirt. You can also donate to the podcast. On my website, I will show you right here. Um, I've got, what did I do with it? Oh, there it is. (laughs) I thought I had a big red button, but I don't. It's just the word donate. So you can click on that and that takes you to a PayPal page where you can send me a few bucks if you feel like it. If you got anything out of this, I got through this episode without sweating bullets, which is fantastic. Let's get back to the wide shot. What happened there? Huh? In many cam, um, it's not showing up on YouTube, but in many cam, that's M A N Y cam, many cam. Um, it's basically software. It's it's like a a video studio and software only so I've got this running on my pc so I'm looking at right now what you're seeing is me in the little corner here but I've got uh some dots running across my face because um it says it moved on from my webcam there we go okay oh I see what the problem is here I gotta we'll go to nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine seconds so that way it won't Uh, go go past that it has like a playlist function for video sources so if I have multiple video sources within a preset as they're called um, I can't really show you what that looks like can I Uh, let's see can I pull that up let's see desktop Uh, app window minicam okay there it is so you can see over here in this section um, I have the webcam right here so that's where I show up in the corner so what was happening oh wait I didn't even do that right pick and pick Ah, here we go, okay. Wait, let me pull this up. App window minicam. Oh, that's freaky, isn't it? Okay, well right up here on the left side of the screen where we have the picture in picture. So right now I'm down in the corner. This was transitioning over to, to my laptop, which I can I can use the, you know, any webcam or any camera connected to a computer. I can use it as so I can do a multicam shoot using different webcams and stuff connected to computers. So it was forwarding to my laptop, which of course my laptop's not plugged in. So I'm getting this floating three uh, what's this five dot thing over here. It was driving me nuts. So if I do that, it gets rid of it. Um, let me get rid of that and go back to the web browser and let's just cut back to me right now okay so that's the end of this program I got through it without sweating I am dry dry as a bone the air conditioning did work so I don't think it was nervousness necessarily as being a, from being on video I think it was just hot so next time I'll have to keep that in mind. Pump up the AC, keep myself nice and cool. I'll have to give myself some, bring myself some additional coffee though, because I just ran out. Um, but that is the end of this podcast. Um, enjoy what's uh, what's left of your holiday. Uh, Independence Day holiday is observed today, even though it was yesterday because it was on a Sunday. So um, public employees, federal employees. Um, get the day off and some some businesses also get the day off not that many though but happy independence day uh with as much independence as we still have left at least in this country we are still we are the freest former uh english colony the rest of them have gone off the deep end but um we're in much better shape so have a good week um, I will try to do this again next Monday. I'm going to try to come up with a um, regular schedule. To um, well, Next Monday I might be traveling. But anyway, so it might not be um, live on YouTube on next Monday, but for the podcast I plan on doing them on Mondays. And that's all I've got. What a tagline. i got to change this podcast name. Anyway, talk to you next week.